What an amazing track meet also was. But if you're hearing this now, you're not a Supporters Club member. This podcast has been out for two days. We're feeling generous, releasing the full thing to everybody today. But we want you to know, we have a Will Sumner podcast. It's 47 minutes long. He's a 19-year-old Georgia freshman, U.S. NCAA 800-meter sensation. Great talk. How he got started in running. His parents' background in running. He takes us through the 800-meter race. His thoughts on going pro. What his goals are for a year from now. To hear it now, you got to be a Supporters Club member. Otherwise, you got to wait to hear the Will Sumner talk. And this is the final week we're doing this offer. Use code GOAT, G-O-A-T-50, to save 50% off your first year. The best deal in running. You join for a year, 50% off, and you get a free t-shirt, and you can save 15% on running shoes. This thing pays for itself. Join today. But here's the Oslo Podcast. Track and field fans across the globe, supporters, club members, the best track and field fans in the world. We love you. This is a special Thursday edition of the Friday 15 bonus podcast where we recap the Oslo show. New supporters, club members, we apologize. When we started the second bonus podcast, we used to say, how can we talk, possibly talk for more than 15 minutes? Now we normally give you an hour, hour and a half. We can talk all day about track and field. Today, I'm on a tight deadline. I'm out of here in 15 minutes. Maybe Weldon will keep going, but what an Oslo diamond lead. Everything I wanted and more. We came in wanting to see the 1500 at the end, and it delivered. Jakob Enkebredsen, was he going to win? Was he going to lose? Everyone teed up right behind him. In the end, he does win. He sets a new personal best, and it's only been minutes, but I don't think most people realize it. Behind him, Jared Nigo sets an American record. But before that, we had one of the greatest 5000s in history. They're still telling me now that Yumit Kajelcha won in 12.41. I thought it was Jacobs and Plimo. They're the fifth and sixth fastest men in history. That might have been the greatest 5,000 race in history. We've never had a race that fast, that close. What else happened in this meet? Femke Bolkes remained undefeated. Wade Van Niekirk returned to Diamond League for the first time in six years. Got the win in 44.38. Beatrice Chabet, how good was she? 8.25.01 in the women's 3,000. Aaron Knight, just, he keeps getting better and better. 1977. And how about that women's mile? We have a 17-year-old from Ethiopia who got the win, but that was a great run for, that was Burke Halon. Corey McGay runs the race of her life, 418-11. Nikki Hiltz, 418. Great run for them. Well done. I've got limited time. Let's start with the mile. What were your thoughts on it? Carson Warholm, Diamond League record. There's already a comment here. Is this the greatest June in track and field history? We might have to come back later tonight for a bonus podcast. Jonathan Galt is out today. Like m- Maybe we can get the crew back together tonight because this is crazy. What did I think about the mile? Man, I, I guess with 400, 300, 200 to go, I'm, I'm like, wow, they're teed up right behind him, man. It's He could get beat in this thing, and he just crushed him at the end. I mean, runner Josh Kerr almost broke 330 and he finished in ninth place. Yeah, 330 flat, right? Basically. What a race. The results website, of course, goes down right now, but I have a screenshot up there. 
for those of you guys watching at home, listening at home as a podcast, Ingebrigtsen, 327.95 American record. I mean, area European record, personal best, whatever. Katir, I mean, he crushes him. You beat him by, well, it's not even a full second, Robert. I mean, that's how convincing it was. 328.89. Nagus gets the American record, 329.02. Chariot right behind him. I mean, this is another great run by Nagus. Gets to scalp. Shows, you know, like, I I said he was the biggest threat to Ingerbritson today. That clearly wasn't the case, but definitely, there's no question. He's one of the top milers in the world, a medal fit. Chariot, 329.08. I mean, everybody delivered in this race. Everybody. What you said, Mariano Garcia Romero, only 0.16 behind the Goose, 329.18. I said those guys would never beat the Goose. I may have to take that back, but yeah, he didn't win by a second and a half, but see Connor Sleuth in the chat says, how does he manage to put a whole second on the field like that in the last 150? It's just insane. So if you didn't watch it, it was rabbited absolutely perfectly. I mean, the, the, the final rabbit was just going all out to 1,000 meters. Perfecto job on the rabbiting with being rabbited at 329 pace. The green light was kind of catching up to them. They were ahead of that. But then this, to me, was was wonderful. I did say on the regular podcast, I thought Inga Bretson should practice an unrabbited race because in the world, he's going to have no one to lead. But here... It's, it, it's reminding me of the last race. It seems like he's saving something for the last 150. Kachira was right there with 200 to go. And then when it's all said and done, his last 150 is so good, he's winning comfortably and getting you know, a new personal best, new European record. So just an amazing race. I still, despite this race, think he could be vulnerable in the championship setting because he's not going to be having someone rabbit him at all. He's going to have to rabbit the whole thing. So here he only had to lead for, what, 450 meters, 500 meters? At Worlds, he might have to do the whole thing. If I'm everyone else, I'd just sit on him. But Chariot may want to make it fast or something like that. If I'm Chariot, I would sit. I've got 143 speed. If I'm Chariot, I think I've got better speed than Ingebrigtsen. I'm going to sit on him. But just an amazing 1500 that was wonderful. Let's move to the 5,000. Move? One, one more point on that race. Yeah, I agree. Robert, that's as easy as it can be to get beat. To That's set up perfectly. He's got a rabbit on an aggressive pace. The World Championships is very differently. Just because you win this race doesn't mean you win the world. The fittest guy won this race. We already knew, probably knew that Warholm was the fittest guy in the world in this event. Ingebrigtsen, not Warholm. Ingebrigtsen, so what a race. And, and correct, John Galton, I always like to say, you're going to need to be two to three seconds but everyone else to win the unrabbited races for sure. But the good news is here, I mean, these other guys were single file behind him. Look how happy he is There's on the photos, people watching live. But, you know, the disadvantage you have if you're, if you're trying to sit on Ingebrigtsen at the Worlds is you're going to be running extra ground. You're going to be losing energy in the pack. You're battling people. Here, everybody else, it's just a, basically a pure time trial. Like, this is as fast as everyone can finish. It's basically a blanket finish for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. If you're any of those guys, even Josh Curry, you're still thinking you can medal. So that was... Oh, just a, a, a wonderful race. Robert, one more thing. I mean, look back here. This guy in yellow is the Norwegian dude coached by, I mean, blue. He broke 330, Robert. No, I he mean, did Josh not. Kerr looks like an also running this thing, and he's under three, he's just a tad, a hair over 330. Mario Garcia Romo, what a run. I mean, wow. The Odd Athletics Club, look at those three guys right there. I mean, we knew those guys are delivering it. Also, in the comments, I heard there's an issue with my audio. Is it better now? But, and the other thing with Ingebrigtsen, he was so happy to win this. I mean, I guess it's the home heat and everything, but 
I was glad to just see the joy on his face. Yeah. He, 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 uh, I was wondering if he was trying to downplay the world record talk or what, but this, I think he was pumped to get the personal best, pumped to get the win. Everybody was behind him, whatever. So let's move to the 5,000. It was earlier. It lived up to the hype. It, it was, they were rabbiting into the world lead, which is like 1252. And these guys were ahead of the pacing lights. And unfortunately, in the middle of it, we had to watch the women's discus. They come back and like up, up front early on was, was, um, Paul Chalimo, the American. He kind of starts to fall off. Grialba was up there, but when they cut back, Grialba's been dropped. I'm like, why has he been dropped? Isn't he, didn't he say 1252 felt good? And you found out why, because Jacob Caplimo, the world cross country champion, was just in his first track race of the year, was just hammering it. And I, I think he put a 234th kilometer in there. And what was crazy was we're, we're coming into like the final 800. There's three guys clear in the field, but Kale, uh, it, it was called Caplimo Sim. Uh, Yomit Kajelcha and Bekele of Ethiopia. And then Yomit Kajelcha, the world indoor record holder of the mile, does what he always does. And I've never understood it. Can we get Alberto Salazar out of prison and help him? That's a joke, people. I know he's not technically in prison. And help him coach Kajelcha. Because I've never understood why Kajelcha's got such good speed, but he's always sh the one shoving the pace down in the middle of the race. Like if I'm him, I'm sitting on Caplimo. I would have just sat. Now, maybe he's trying to quick get the time out there because the Ethiopians often select the 5,000 team on time. But it just shows you how much harder this guy is. If I was him, I would have sat on Caplimo. Instead, he takes the pace with 800 to go and just is shoving it down, you know. And they just keep this these 60-second these laps going. And I, I thought I wrote down the splits somewhere. I'm trying to find them. Screw it. Anyways, I'm here, Robert. The final, the final mile for sixteen hundred, three fifty four. The final two k is two fifty four. I mean, excuse me, it's four fifty four. I mean, this is crazy. Here's the final five laps of the race: sixty point one eight, sixty point zero nine, sixty point zero seven, fifty eight forty two. So they're grinding out. They're grinding. You're grinding. You're like, okay, they're not gonna be able to kick that well. They still drop a fifty five seventy five off of that, and it's just a blanket finish. I mean, I think it was Parallax. I thought Caplimo had him. I mean, I kept rewatching. I'm like, well, they got to say Caplimo won. So props to Kajelcha. I mean, just th this might be that might be the greatest 5,000 meter race ever in my book. I mean, I, I'm sure there's championship races, but just in terms of all out performance, it was amazing. Uh, what's the weather in Oslo? Somebody in the comments get the what the temperature right now in Oslo, but uh, like. The analogies were saying, oh, you know, we'd like to see Caplino White because he did all the work. Well, we didn't see that because the women's discus was on. I was kind of, you know, good thing Jonathan Gullis is on the show, a journalist you're not supposed to root. I was actually rooting for a Kajelchi here because I'm like, this guy does all the work all the time in the middle of these races and makes him fast and loses. And I was like, you know, Caplino got by him with like, I thought he maybe let out, with like, by not let up, but just didn't dive at the line. Caplino got by him, I thought for sure, with five meters to go. And then Kajelchi was pretty tall. He lanes. I, I would love to see the actual photo. I, I don't know how they say Kajelta won, but it was amazing. And when I was watching this race, I was thinking, well, this is the type of race that actually might be, I always say bad news for Grant Fisher, bad news for Ingebrigtsen, because the only way they're going to beat Ingebrigtsen in the 5,000 is if they just push the pace. The problem is someone basically has to sacrifice themselves or they have to have a set agreement, like I'll take a K, you take a day. You take a okay. What they really should do is everyone not named Ingebrigtsen should get in the hotel and they should sign a legal binding document the night before the race. 
And they said, at the start line, we will take a name out of a hat and you will take that kilometer. And you have to do it or you pay, you put $50,000 in a bank the night before. And if you don't do it, because, you know, one time Solensky and Tegan Camp, I forgot who it was. One of them didn't do what they were supposed to do. Another one made the Olympic team. Nope, you do it or you lose 50K. Weldon's got the photo finish up on the edge. So it, it was amazing. They both ran 1241. The closest race I could see that it was anything close to this was, I think, 1997 Zurich. Highly G won in 1241. And then Daniel Coleman was second in 1244. Here you had two guys running 1241. Behind them, there were some interesting results. Joe Klecker, uh, Nip Rialba, 12, they both ran 1256. And the interesting thing, though, is, again, a championship race is not the same as a rapid race. Paul Cholimo runs 1306. He keeps reminding me a little bit of, uh, of Clayton Murphy earlier in the year. He keeps saying big things. He runs the half marathon. It doesn't go well. Then he then he put up a pretty good result somewhere. I forgot where it was. Oh, the 10,000 meters. He does that pretty well. Doesn't do well in the two mile. But here he's running aggressive. He's up front. He seems into it. 1306 is not great. You know, certainly. But and, and I but in terms of making the U.S. team, I still might put him over Klecker because who's going to push the pace at USA's? To really make it a hard race where, where Klecker can drop Cholimo. So, but but in terms of actual worlds, if you watch the men's five thousand, I think the bad news for Paul Cholimo is these guys. I assume are not going to be dumb. They're going to try to make it faster worlds because they're going to be afraid of Ingebrigtsen. But maybe they just hand the gold to Ingebrigtsen, and then that would play into Cholimo's hands because all these guys will want to kick it out for second and third because there's so little separating. I mean, we saw in the fifteen hundred separating these guys. That it's just, you know, if you do the work, you're probably not going to meddle. I mean, everybody, the, all the stars now are just bringing it. This was such the race. And when they were right on the lights, I was like, they're going to crush the world lead. Because I figured they would kick. And then they were pushing, and I'm like, well, maybe they're not going to really, really kick. You know, 58 the last lap. 55 last lap on that. It shows what I said about the race. Was it in Florence where they ran 1252? Or no robot, whatever it was. I, I said that's the old thirteen minute race, and this this proves it. This here twelve forties lows. That's the fast race these days. Everyone, you know, twelve fifty is nothing anymore. Nothing. The ball game has shifted for sure, and everyone's talking about how the height of Kajelcha helped him. I still can't believe he went wrong. Won it. He looks like he's going twice as slow as Kiplimo. I mean, the height difference on these two dudes, the final hundred, was amazing. I mean, 454, people were saying, you know, is that the fastest 2K ever? I think it has to be. I mean, maybe some slow race, obviously, you would go faster, but usually you're not kicking from 2K out, right? Like, usually a slow race, they might kick the final mile, or I, I don't see how you go faster. Anyone's gone faster than 454. Now, clearly they did tonight. If two guys did tonight, not championship form, maybe we'll see this in the future, but what an unbelievable race. And I guess we should go to the mile real quickly, Robert. Women's dream mile. And uh, Robert, I didn't realize like how good of times these were for like Corey McGee and Nikki Hiltz, but Berkey Hylum, the world under 20 champion, officially only 17 years old. I, I don't care if you want to say her age isn't perfectly accurate, but she's a star. Our, you know, I, I don't know. You're eight seconds behind Kibi Aegon, but what a win here. I mean, just totally amazing. Not amazing. She had the second fastest field time coming in, but she got 
put out all alone after the rabbit dropped out 800 in and the final lap to go hole was breathing down her neck and then mcgee hilts made a late charge they couldn't catch her but i don't have any like sort of conversion charts here but like these times when mcgee 418 11 you know that's got to be a sub 358 that's a really good run for her just the hole that's a national record nikki hilts uh, i was thinking in this race she's been running very well and i was like oh she's not on the pace excuse me they she's the the uh she's non-binary uses the they pronouns N nikki wasn't on the pace i'm like this is a bit disappointing and no it wasn't 418 38 three second pb I guess we we haven't talked about anything disappointing today. Josette Andrews has has been the one member in the on group outdoors who's been disappointing. Way back here in tenth place, four twenty one ninety eight. But I guess Robert was. I think he's gone. I really don't want to do this show by myself. Maybe we'll come back tonight. Put some comments in here. Maybe we'll react to some comments. I'll run through a couple of events here. Put some stuff in the chat. I'll sort of react for that about five or 10 minutes. I think we might need the crew to get back together to really break this down. This is just meant to be a total flash. Oslo work. We'll do 20 minutes. And let, you know, something crazy happens. We'll come back. Well, something crazy happened in this, these races. These were unbelievable. Like, all in all, obviously, the Paris meet with three world records was better. But I haven't seen a better 5,000-meter race than that. And this is the deepest 1,500-meter ever. So it's hard to argue with it. Carson Warholm, Diamond League record, 400-meter hurdles. Like, this stuff is crazy. I'm just trying to look here at the events. Put some stuff in the chat. Maybe we'll talk about some of this other stuff. Any distance, any other distance stuff I missed? Oh, yeah, Fem Femke Bull. Oh, 52.30. That's her third world leader on the year. I mean, how are we evaluating Femke Bull? If you evaluate her versus the rest of the world, amazing. If you're evaluating her on the F Sydney, what is it, 50.86 standard? Oh, she's got a long way to go, but that's only been done once. She's got a long way to go. I mean, I mean, I mean, not Sydney's got hasn't done any hurdles, and she may not even run the hurdles. But I'm just saying, like Sydney's really only done that once. Fifty-two-three. That's a really damn good time. So great. Looks like I somehow dropped out of my own show. Not sure, sure what's going on. Sorry about that. I don't know when you guys last heard me. But I'm going to get intern Alex on here. We'll talk about it a little bit for 10 minutes, and then we'll try to get the crew back for everything. But I was saying, I assume you guys didn't hear this part, like Femke Bull, are we evaluating her on the Sydney standard or the rest of the world standard? Because versus the rest of the world, she's just killing it. I mean, no one else under 53 seconds this year. And but if we're going off 50.8, 50 the Sydney standard, okay, well, She's got a second and a half to go, but that's an unfair standard to put anybody in. Sydney hasn't run any hurdles. Is Sydney going to run the 400 flat? So there's a lot of question marks about this event. Just all along, this meet was so good today. Just running through some of these events. The 3,000 women. Okay, fine. That was just a normal Diamond League 3K. Nothing crazy happened in that. That's what we expected a little bit more from this meet. 100 meters, Tulu, 10.75. What is up with Sharika Jackson is more my, my big question mark. But 
you know, you generally know the Jamaicans are going to bring in at the World Championships. Tolu, can she perform at this level there? And there's obviously the big question marks about Shakari at a major championship. It's like it's been so hit or miss. I mean, she's won the USA, she's won the NCAs, but people love to point out, you know, she hasn't done it at the Worlds. But a lot of it, she she's never had the opportunity really at the Worlds. So, I mean, the hundred's going to be interesting. Just track and field, the performances right now are absolutely astounding. Maybe shoes and technology are making the times faster, so we appreciate them more. But just tonight also had had had. I, what I thought made tonight really, truly special was the head-to-head competition. It wasn't just Jakob time trial. He could have easily set this up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have a rabbit. Limit the, go the old Mofar British route, which I hated. Night claimed wasn't good for the sport. Maybe it made people in the stand, stands in Birmingham happy, but it didn't make anyone else happy. And this showed how, and Jakob showed how to do it. You bring the best and you beat them in your home turf. Anyone, everyone as a sports fan can relate to that. So this is how you do it. That 5,000 meters, head-to-head to, head to the wire. There's never been just, oh, my God, still can't get over that race. All in the game does point out Tulu has two silvers from 2017. That is true. That is true. But, I mean, that's what ancient history, right? That's six years ago. Sort of shocked, actually, when you say that, that she's at this level. But, I mean, obviously, like a Shelly Ann has always has been performing for so long at this level, but it's rare to, to keep it going at this level. Um, stalling for time here to see if intern Alex is going to join us. But, oh, looks like some people missed this meet. Well, if you missed this meet, I'm sorry. And other people are pointing out here in the chat, where is Shelly Ann Fraser-Price? You know? She needs to step up and start having some big-time performances. You know, she's got the kids and that sort of stuff, so she she can't com compete, you know, quite as often as she, she once was. She she pulled out of I think the Botswana meet and the Kip Kano, but yeah, so she doesn't run at all. She's supposed to run both those meets and didn't do either. So if I'm going to be wor worried about a thing, Mo, I should really be way more worried about Shelly Ann because I. If anyone could try out a world for their first race and give it a go, it would be Shelly and Fraser Price. But except we got intern Alex, we will keep going here. Out. Yeah, I hear you, Weldon. How are you doing? Good to be here. Good. What? Okay. I mean, you're a young kid. You're fairly new to following this stuff. What? The, what did you think of this race? Of this meet? I don't know. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing from. I don't know, start to finish, I guess. Like, every, uh, sprints, distance, everything. I mean, as a distance runner, I mean, as a distance fan, more than anything, I think it was amazing. Men's, women's mile, 5,000. It's pretty, pretty great. What was the highlight for you? There's only two options in my book. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I guess the 5,000, just because of the, I don't know. I just, the 5,000 is pretty crazy. I mean, Sometimes I feel like over the last, I don't know how long, like pretty dominant. I feel like English has been pretty dominant. The five, the five thousand is like I never, I don't know. I haven't seen something like that in a while. Yeah, I mean, they, both those races were just 
absolutely legendary. The thing that impressed me most about the 5000 was, I mean, they have the lights, and I think that makes a huge difference, but they did it on their own. From 2K, I mean, Paul Chilimo was leading a 2K, and I'm like, wow, Paul looks pretty good. And then they kind of went ahead. I'm like, oh, he's dropping back a little bit. And then you notice Grijalva's getting dropped. And then they were still on the lights. And I'm like, and that's when I realized, I'm like, 1252 pace is very different from, you know, how you're feeling in the middle of that race than when you're on like 1258 or 13 minute pace. And then that's what the, those guys did in that other race and they kicked off of it. Here, the burn at 1252, it was just too much for those guys, for Klecker, Grijalva. They fall off. But Kiplimo... Oh my God. The guy's range is so unbelievable. I mean, he's run such a good 3K. He's the best half marathoner in the world. He's a world cross country champion. I still feel like he won this race. Like, yeah. still looking at that photo, it's it's crazy to me, but there's a little parallax. Like, if you look like the way the line goes, the guy who's back, it's at a slight angle. So, but, and Kajelcha, he's back. He, there's been a little drop off in performance. I don't think we've ever really seen him on, on, you know, at a Worlds or Olympics be at his best. And maybe this is the year that happens. But I guess the, well, we've seen him run really well before. Yeah, right. But, like, but yeah, the problem for him is it's June 15th and the Worlds are, I think, like August 15th. So there's still a ways to go for that. But you're a mid distance guy. This men's 1500 meters. Let's go back to that real quickly. Sure. I mean, Josh Kerr gets ninth place and he runs almost 3.30 flat. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, I saw on, uh, on uh, social media, CJ Albertson, American Marathoner, post, like, posted the results of the results page and he was just like, this is the race that now shows that 3.30 is, is now not the fa- like the fast time to run in the world. Like, it's like, uh, you have to be like a 3.28 guy to be like... It, it considered extremely fast. I mean, it's sort of crazy. Right? I guess two seconds is a lot in 1500 because Jakob's only two seconds ahead of these guys. But I think this one shows, Robert was saying on the regular podcast on Tuesday, why are we seeing such faster times? Well, we just saw an eighth place run under 330. So I think it is raising the bar. It used to be a lot of guys would run 331, 332. So maybe at, the, maybe at this level, it's not three seconds. Maybe it's two seconds, one second. But you notice it in a race like this. I mean, you used to see the days, you know, like Manzano and Centro would run, you know, low 330 and finish six or something like that. I think this is that type of race. And I guess I love to complain about the shoes and that sort of stuff. But when everyone's sort of delivering and you're getting great competition, I just love tonight. So that was surprising. I mean, this was after the race, but you mentioned it earlier. Like the emotion that Jakob showed after the race and like celebrating and like in the engaging the crowd. I feel like I've never seen him like I feel like he was kind of relieved. Like he was like he was like so I feel like he showed more emotion tonight than he did after getting the uh, the two mile world record. World best. Yeah, like oh Tokyo Olympics was bizarre because nobody was there, but this is the, the most excited I've ever seen him. Like, was he worried about losing this race? Or does he, you know, he, he said the Oslo track isn't that fast. Did he not think he could run this fast? I mean, it was PB, home crowd, that sort of stuff. So maybe 
just to do it all at home, not maybe necessarily the fastest track is amazing, but I mean, the other Norwegian dude, like, I don't even know the guy's name. Like, 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 I guess I need to learn how to announce it. Narve Nordas. Yeah. Just, just the, the PBs behind, behind this thing are just crazy. crazy. I, guess I guess the, the only, only guy, guy in the, in the top, top chariot obviously didn't PB in and four. Katir. He's won three, Katir didn't PB either. Katir didn't PB. He was close. One, yeah. And then Josh Kerr. I mean, man, he ran well at the Olympics. 329.05 is his PB. But this was a really good run for Josh Kerr. Josh is known, you know, he's a big meat performer. For him to run this two months out of the Olympics, I was very impressed. I mean, like, I'm sure he'll be happy. Up here. Sure. Yeah. Sure yeah. He'll be happy with his performance. And that's the beauty of the 1500. I mean, man, like Mario Garcia Romo, like, I was like, oh, this guy will never be close to Robert Single, never be close to Nagoose. Oh, he's 0.16 behind. Like, this guy somehow, like, he knows how to. He may not be the same. Like, Nagusa is showing a high level every single race out. Garcia Romo showed this last year. Like, there was the NCAA level, and then there was a whole other level level above that he went to at Worlds. Like, you know, some guys just are consistent at one level, and some guys have a peak level that is much higher than that. I think this, that's what we're seeing. Like, what a run. I mean, just, oh, wow. Like, Neil Gorley. He was running great indoors, you know, getting some attention. Over two second PB. PB was two second PB. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, I need to put put this screen up there. Sorry, I thought I had the screen up there. Two second PB. I mean, that's crazy. And he gets what place is this? He gets tenth tenth place in three thirty point eight eight. Wow, man, just. I thought nothing was going to beat the 5,000 in this race. Possibly did it. Good point here by Mike P in the comments. And I think a couple of weeks ago, the headline was about Jakob not improving. Well, now he has a two-mile world record. He just PB'd at 1,500 meters. Did, did it great. Uh, Rojo here in the comments. Rojo says, I was recording the pod in the car with the AC turned off so you wouldn't hear it. <laughs> then the iPhone shut down because it got too hot. <laughs> Come on, Apple, be better. Oh, my God. Maybe it's good. As I was worried I was going to pass out. All right, so it's best probably that Rojo is no longer with us on, on this podcast. But, you know, it, it's sort of crazy. I mean, this is the Diamond League level. Arian Knighton gets another win. Undefeated at, at 200 this year. And I view his outdoor season as a disappointment. Solely because he opened in 1949 last year. But that's not fair. He's doing it the right way this year. Like, yeah. Run run 19.7s now and see where you are in August. Last year he ran 19.4 and never got, got, got there again. So okay. Lyle showed you can be, you know, what were you for all of these guys? Especially the 1500, where I think you know a guy who's in like ninth place could win the gold medal. Essentially, like if you told me Josh Kerr won Worlds, I wouldn't be, uh, I'd be surprised, but wouldn't be shocked. He's got the talent to do it. And it's like Drew Hunter. He, he won the New York 5K a couple of years. He's like, oh, ask me what's going on in June. Well, nothing went on for June, and we barely talked about the guy since. It's June 15th. At the end of the year, if 
Jakob's not ready at, at Worlds, we'll say, oh my God, he's burning it too hot too early. So, but we just had, we've had just such an amazing early Diamond League season, I feel like. I feel like usually in June, you don't get these performances. I feel like usually it's some of the later, later meets like Monaco and whatnot, but. I mean, why do you think like why do you think that all these like stars are racing each other so often so early? I feel like there's a big push from World Athletics to like the whole point system thing, but I feel like I mean it's later in the it's, it's like later in the in like the qualifying window. Like people don't really need to be racing that much. I feel like they're they're solidified. Oh, Rojo's back. Let me say a few things, guys. First of all, Arian Knight and I heard you just talking about him. What is the 19.7 in Oslo if you ran it in Austin, Texas? That might be a 19.5. Like, do we suddenly think the NCAA sprinters are way better than everyone else in the world? I don't. When it's really hot and humid, John Kellogg always says moist air has less density than, than regular air. Like, I think Knighton's in really good shape. Like, Oslo weather is not ideal for sprinting. So, I, I'm impressed by him. Yaki Bingenbritsen, there's a great comment. Remember the thread? He always, um, what was it that the, the the thing no one's talking about, he's not improving. Guess what? He is improving. So congratulations on the PB there. Robert, do you, have, do you have air conditioning now? How are you doing? I do have air conditioning. I only had about two more minutes left anyways. Can you all hear the air conditioning now? I turned it on. My son's in the car. but He had a swim lesson that ended at 320, so I had to go pick him up at 420, whatever time it is. But what a meet! I mean, every meet is just so entertaining. Like, they're just great. I missed the Warhol race. I guess driving around, I didn't see that. He looked good. Looked fantastic, yeah. Who'd you say, Robert? So someone was saying it was twenty-nine degrees Celsius at the start, but then it was in the seventies. The temperature dropped that quickly. I heard seventy-four degrees. People are debating whether Ollie Hoare like. Let me pull up his time today. 329.41, seventh place. They're like, would you rather be like 331 and a bronze medal or this? I mean, it's different races. Obviously, you want to feel, finish as high in the field as possible. But these guys, when they go to their graves, when you go to your grave, well, you go with nothing and it probably doesn't matter. But people remember your PBs and the medals around your neck. So unless you're in the top three or you got a medal or metal or a really good pb it doesn't matter so tonight he gets the pb the australian record so good for him people oh well people are already talking about it what would cole hawker have done in this race there's a lot still get excited about if you're an american because you got cole hawker you got hobbs kessler It'll be interesting to see also Nagus when he goes into USA's. Being the heavy favorite, it's just different, you know? Also, racing off a slower pace will be different for him. I don't anticipate any sort of Steve Holman situation. Actually, yes. Alex, this will be a great question for you. Have you ever heard of Steve Holman? I've not. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't have. This shows. Back in the nineteen nineties, back in the nineteen nineties, there was like three people worth paying attention on the men's side. 
There was a guy named Bob Kelly. He ran 12.58 and had the lady in the Olympics with about 600 meters to go. There was Todd Williams, who was just a badass, who ran like, who would race Kennedy often and was top 10 at World Cross Country when everybody showed up. And then there was Steve Holman in the 1500. He would go over to Europe and run 350 in the mile every year, 331, 332, and that meant something. And then he would show up at USA's and somehow inexplicably be, be unable to make the U.S. team. He would always fail to make the U.S. team. I think he made one or two teams, but... Uh-huh. Well, then when you were talking about Nagus, because I'm, I was so worried about Ingebrigtsen winning the gold in the 15 without the 800 speed, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, is there a scenario where I could see Nagus not making the U.S. team? And yes, there is. It's the 1500. That's what makes this stuff so fascinating. That's why I think these countries that are, you know, the buy and all this stuff, it's just insanity. We don't care. I, I think it's great if somebody doesn't make the team. It makes that race dramatic. It gives us another race that means something that cares. But, you know, I, I think the, 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 the problem with Holman was he didn't have the great endurance that he needed. Nagus has amazing endurance. He should be fine in the race. But, you know, if you try to play a super safe race... He's not that much better than Tier. And Hawker at his best is just as good, I think. Well, was, was better in college, to be honest. So who else do we have? Somebody else? I'm trying to think. Oh, Kessler. <laughs> right there. Robert, good. Uh, Lisa Bade is in the comments. She said you look sexy tonight. She's back. I guess I say PB a lot. I don't I didn't know that. We have a new drinking game. Every time I say PB, Robert's got to chug an IPA. That would make it more interesting. Robert, I want you to give me Steve Holman's PBs. Mile and 1,500, let's go. Well, he definitely ran a 350. Might have run 348. I'm going to say 348 and 331. Wow, pretty close. You know, the, the first one, 350.40 and 331. And, that, and back in the day, Alex, that was like two seconds faster than anybody else in America. Jonathan Galt is saying this is not the American record. I was looking about that. It says AR, John. What is... Uh-oh. Thank you, John. Okay. I, I take this back. We got... I'm, damn it. I knew I'd make some major mistake on this show. I think I said American record, but I didn't really want to stress it because... That was also confusing because World Athletics has it as 329.3 by Lagat, But then... Others, other places have it at 327 by Legat. What year was the Legat? John, well, John's texting me. Legat ran a couple. There were, we'll, we'll, we'll pull up the 327. One, there's the question of. No, it's bogus, though. When, Didn't Legat run that time as an American citizen, but he wasn't running for the U.S. at the time? No, I don't think that counts because I think. You know, like Luis Croy, all of his times don't count as American records if he was going to beat, beat the time. Luis Croy was not an American. Oh, well, good point. So if Legat ran it, there may have been some time, like, remember what, as recently as like a year or two ago, they were listing, USATF was listing Mondo Duplantis' marks as American records. I mean, it's insanity. The, the reality is, well, whenever people are going to get mad and call it racist, but I mean, Legat ran in the Olympics for Kenya as a U.S. citizen and then switched over to America. So, it, I don't know, man. He, he better have been... I'm going by what World Athletics was recognizing at the time. If he didn't show up in the start line as an American, I'm not backdating it to an American record. So I don't know what the details are on that. So I'm, trying to, I'm now trying to pull this up because this has come up before. 
Right now, right now, World um, Athletics has it as three twenty nine point three. Bernard Lagan on August twenty eighth, two thousand five, as a as a U.S. record, but it's whatever. It doesn't matter. It was a damn good run. This is the problem, though. Like with our sport, it should just be clear the databases need to be up to date. Oh, it's a two mile world best or it's a world record or some no. obscure thing. He wasn't a citizen or he was. I mean, obviously, you need to be a citizen, but like, oh, he was a citizen but not representing the country, this sort of stuff. Okay, this is good. I think it's probably Harry Prever said they changed the rules around 2019. So Lagat ran a time. He was not eligible. He was not representing the U.S. at the time. He must have been an American citizen at the time. So under the official rules, an American record at the time. Now it would not be the American record. The new rule says you have to be eligible to represent the U.S. He wasn't eligible to represent the U.S. We'll have to have a... We need like a Supreme Court of running... Have this go there. Actually, the Supreme Court used to settle things. Now it's just viewed as controversial. So, so I think my friend Tyson wants to know if Holman runs right now. Does he run three twenty eight? I think he might even run. Well, if he runs faster, if you well, then it means you being a Britson. So no, I mean, I think he could pull that off. One, I think his coaching would be better. I'm not saying Gags was a bad coach, but I think coaching has gotten better in the last twenty five years. The shears have certainly got better. The pacing. Of course, you don't have full throttle EPL pacing you to the to the marks as easily. Blasting the wind. So here's the question I have. If you're one of these guys that are diamond dozen the five and then the fifteen, do you run for gold? Or do you just run your own race? In a race that would make Prefontaine unhappy. And cowardly try to get the bronze, and then you might win it. I mean, remember, Maya Ramsdale won you won NCAA, so don't go for crazy, and then maybe you pick people off. Pick people off, Rob. There's too many good guys. There was ninth place today uh, under 330. So I, I don't see how that works, really. I think something, something, sometimes there's something to be said. You don't run for gold, but where are you going to hide in this type of these fields this year? Like, you're going to Hide in eighth place versus fifth place. You better be in fifth place when they kick, unless your kick's a lot better than everybody else. Because, I mean, all of these guys showed it today. There's a tremendous amount of like parity behind Ingebrigtsen. And then the question is the the one question we've always had is to front run a fifteen hundred meter. How much better do you have to be than everybody else? And is he that good? So that's the big question. This little guy thing, we got to get to the bottom of, Alex. This sort of makes me bad, mad. Like, what did you say at the time they're giving him credit for, Alex? 327.40? I don't know. that The 327 is, is, I don't know what it is, because when you look it up, it says his P. They're giving him, World Athletics is giving him credit. World Athletics, I don't know who's right, but World Athletics is giving him credit for 329.3. As an as as an American, right? But where are we seeing this three twenty seven? Okay, here it is. I found it. LinkedIn Canadian running. The Canadian American three twenty seven four from a meet in Zurich has just become the American record in fifteen hundreds. 
No, I'm sorry. That, that's not the American record. He was not representing America at the time. We, we don't go retroactively change the rules. I'm sorry. That's not the American record. He was hiding the fact he was American then so he could run in the Olympics. No, I'm sorry. That's not the record. If you're not acknowledging, it's the fastest time by an American citizen. But it, no, that's not the American record. This was an American record. That's how the rules work. I don't know. I, yeah, no. And apparently World Athletics now agrees. I don't know. Usually I'm a stickler for like precedence and following the letter of the law. But when you're hiding the fact you're an American so you can still compete, we don't do, we, you shouldn't get credit for that. But here's a comment. If it's officially 327, no one competing today is ever going to get that record. I'm not sure I agree with that. Like, like what? Well, it's 327.4, so that's pretty... Or, Damn, that's fast though. Yeah, maybe maybe they're right actually, because Jakob only ran three twenty seven nine today. Because I'm like, well, maybe you know, Jared could get there or something, but like at the same time, I, I don't know, Robert. You're kind of you're making background noise, so I'll unmute you when you want to speak. Is this Jonathan Galt in the comments? JGT. Let me speak now. I think one reason why Lagat's, I mean, Ranger Britson was so happy. Think about it. If he doesn't win this race on home soil, perfectly rabbited, he's probably done for in the 1500. How is he going to win worlds when it's not rabbited? Not at home. And he just is in world record shape. So this was big for him. Like, that's his baby. That's what he loves. He's really a five, you know, the old thing. Everyone wants to be a 300 guy and they get moved up for the 5,000. He's kind of that guy. He's really a 5,000 guy, but he happened to win Olympic gold in 1500. He wants to stay in it. <laughs> crazy all right i'm gone again okay we figured this out world athletics this is an america this is an area record it's the fastest by their rules because they never recognize these rules so it's an ar means area record not national record not national record and it now, usually it's understood that an AR is a national record. Like Ollie Horse says AR, meaning area record and national record, but it doesn't say NR. So this technically could be the area record, but not the national record. Anyway, we've, we've just wasted. This is like, you know, like the technical bullshit of the sport. The average fan doesn't give a shit. Like this was a great, amazing run by Yard Nagoose. I think he's shown on... Every time out this year, he's shown he's at this level. I guess now I think his his performance tonight I think is indicative of where I'd rank him in the world right now. I think he's the number three miler in the world. Probably before tonight ahead of number two. I think Katir gets that credit. But having said that, is Katir going to run the 1500 at Worlds? a slow race. I think this guy has a lot more trouble. I think Nagoose has trouble. More trouble. So Robert was saying, oh, if Jakob wins this race, he can't win the Worlds. I don't know. You could argue the other thing. He wins this race, so we think it's going to be like this. I'll just be fitter than them and run away from them. There's a huge difference at the Worlds. There's no rabbit. So you could easily argue if he lost this race, it would make him go back to the drawing board and really strategize, like, how am I going to drop these guys in an unrabbited race? The question still remains. I think it's a really good one. It's a really interesting thing to talk about and like as impressive as this performance was there's let's see 
two seconds. I mean, I can't believe this Narve Nordis guy was 1.52 seconds. There were eight guys within 1.5 seconds of him. So 1,001, boom. He also did, he, his PB was bigger than Gordley's PB. He had a PB of two and a half seconds or almost three seconds. Yeah, but I mean, even more impressive, this guy was like a 10K runner till this year. I'm going to look at this guy's 1500 meter progression. I mean, this is the most crazy thing of all time. Okay. In 2020, his PB was 339. He ran 336 last year. Now he's a 329 guy. Sponsored by Hoka. Hoka, great job. Clearly, you guys figured out the shoes, man. Hoka's like, I mean, Hoka's like, they're killing it. So, but there is the whole angle. This Nordust guy, he's coached by Jakob Ingerbritsen's dad. That story has never been told. We don't know the story of why they really parted ways. But, I mean, with this improvement, like, this is crazy. What if this guy's challenging Jakob? I mean, there is no way. There is no way. I'm, I'm already ruling it out. There is no way this guy beats Jakob this year. If this happens, coached by the dad, it's like some fake, like, soap opera story. You can't even make up. That wouldn't even be true. So, so Rob, we're saying on the on the podcast earlier this week, it's like Game of Thrones. Son leaves the father. Father takes someone from the same neighborhood, tries to make him better than the sons. I wish someone got um, Gert Ingebrigtsen's reaction to the race, like his comments and stuff. That'd be interesting to hear. Yeah. Well, we can look at the sorry, virtual mix zone from Oslo. I don't think it was working. It's a good question. Does... Does Nagus get paid an American record bonus? We will we will let the contracts settle this. That's what we need to do. Actually, no, they won't. It's probably written in there. <laughs> Generally, the company the contracts are probably written in the company's advantage. Man, this is like Star Wars. My my true son has risen, Gert says. Norwegian TV is going crazy right now with, with this story. This hey, Norwegians, we need to know. Email us at podcast.com. Which only one story can get front billing on the news there or whatever. Which is getting first Warholm or Ingerbritsen? I've always said this. It's like one of the more popular. They're sort of it's like you know, Borg and McEnroe. They're both sort of the same. Uh, I don't know, Federer and Nadal, like. But, or is one guy slightly more popular, you know, more popular than the other? We'd love to know. I forgot how much I loved watching Carson Borholm race. Like, I feel like I haven't raced, seen him race in a while because he was injured and he was in the spotlight last year because he was injured. Like, before the race, he gets all, like, hyped up and it's amazing. And he just goes out so hard. He always makes up the stagger. He always starts on the outside lane, but he always makes up the stagger on, on the guys uh, to the right of him. I love to watch him race. Yeah, I mean, like, it, and also I'm always amazed. This is his first damn race of the year. I mean, outdoors, but first hurdle race. He hasn't raced since March 4th. And he just comes out in 
I mean, that's crazy. And, you know, last year trying to come off the injury, he, he was going to run in Rabat, got injured in that race, and then tried to come back from Worlds and got seventh. So he never ran faster than, what, 47.12. The year before, I'm going to see what he opened up at. 46.70, so, man, in Oslo. So he's done it before, but not this fast. And like you said, just he runs with just like raw aggression. And maybe that's a good place to end it. The country of Norway deserves a ton of credit. Middle official population of Norway. Thank you, WZ. And in- turns doing a good job. Alex, you are doing, doing really well today. Thank you. We've got a preview up of the high school nationals written by Alex. John's double threshold article is up. It's amazing. It, 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 if you guys really want to read something super informative, it traces the history of double threshold training, which is what Jakob Ingerbrissen does. Traces it sort of back um, to Marius Bakken, this Norwegian guy who went, who has connections to York High School. Uh, it's a great read, but you got to be a Supporters Club member to read it until the weekend. Go to let'srun.com slash subscribe. You can get this show right now as a podcast you'll get two podcasts as a week as your feed otherwise you only get one podcast a week you can save on running shoes you get a free t-shirt if you join for a year i think this is the most signups we've ever had in a week is this week because we had all these nca shows we had john's article out so thank you for everyone who signed up sorry for the audio issues and i'm glad alex i'm glad you came on because like this one did not deserve a 15 minute show but this i mean norway has 5.4 million people and they dominate the Winter Olympics. They're the best country in the Winter Olympics. And now they're doing it in an outdoor I'll tell Olympics you what, too. What else? What else they dominate is the triathlon scene. I don't know if any triathlon fans in the comments. Two of the best triathletes, Gustav Eden and Christian Blumenfeld. Christian Blumenfeld's the reigning Olympic triathlon world champion. Uh, Olympic, Olympic reigning Olympic champion in the triathlon. Gustav Eden's. I don't know. They, they're both dominating Ironmans, half Ironmans. Something, something's up in Norway with the, with their, with their, with their endurance athletes, and I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, it, it's just amazing. I mean, they're like a one fiftieth of the size of the United States. One final thing here: people want to talk about Corey McGee. I mean, fabulous run by her. This is third fastest. Third fastest mile ever by an American? A uh, U.S. woman, yeah. Um, so her outdoor season, after she came on the, the Let's Run podcast, we jinxed her. She ran 4.06. That was May 5th in Qatar. And she's doing every Diamond League meet, which I like to see. And she's not getting depressed. 10th place, 4.03 in Rabat, 5th place. Goes to Rome, runs faster but worse, 4.01, 45, 8th place. And today, 418.11, second place. And that's a sub four equivalent. Great running. Heather McLean's nowhere to be seen. Nikki Hiltz is running great. So I think right now, the, those those two are the you, second and well, Hiltz finished fourth today. That's your top two for the U.S. right now for the team. But it's good to see McGee stepping up, Hiltz stepping up, because I thought without Ellie Perrier, I thought McLean was there to sort of, before that, we had Shelby. I want someone contending. I mean, the medals might be really out of the equation, but I want someone running like closer to 355. And I think 
that's still a stretch for them, but not completely out of the question. Who else other than All right, these? everybody. Go ahead. I was going to say, who else other than these three women in the race today, I think, is up there to, to, to make the U.S. team. I know Andrew's finished like further down the field. I mean, she's still PB'd, but it was a mile, not the 1,500. Yeah, I, I would have expected Josette Andrews to be one of those people, and she's not right now. But who knows? Maybe we'll have an emergency podcast over the week. If not, we'll see everybody Tuesday. Get a little break here if we go to Tuesday. It'll be four days to recover. But Alex, thank you. Robert, thank you. Check out the written recaps. Might be a few hours before those get up. Robert's clearly gone. I got to go take over for my nanny. But we want to get the show out for everyone. Appreciate it. Until Tuesday. And letsrun.com slash subscribe. Oh, wait. Use code GOAT50. Save 50%. WZ wants a homeless discount. WZ, email me at podcast at letsrun.com. Tell me how much you pay. You have to be WZ. Prove your WZ. Whatever you want to pay, I'll give you a supporter school membership for that for a year. There you go. All right. Till next time. This is it. Your final chance. Save 50% off the first year of supporters club membership. And you can hear the Will Sumner talk. It's 47 minutes long. It's out early for supporters club members. Join today. Let'srun.com slash subscribe. Use code GOAT50, G-O-A-T 50 to save 50%. Link in the show notes. This offer's going away because there's no Diamond League for two weeks. There's going to be no more world records or crazy runs. Take advantage today.